Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome to Brainwaves on 8.55am 3CR Community Radio or streaming live on 3cr.org.au. It's just past 5pm and this week we are looking at the issue of online bullying or as it is also known as cyberbullying. In 2013, over 450,000 Australian children were the victims of online bullying. My name is Kiara and today on the show, Rebecca and I will be chatting with Vicky Ryle, uh, Head of Clinical Practice at Headspace National on the topic of cyberbullying and the anti-bullying tool ReWord. Thank you for coming on the show, Vicky. Thanks for having me. So Vicky, just to start off, um, what constitutes cyberbullying? Um, it probably is important to start with thinking about what bullying is, um, if that's okay, just because I guess what we're trying to, what we Headspace want people to, young people to think about is um, bullying is defined as sort of re- intentional, repeated negative behaviour by one person or a group of people towards a particular, you know, person who's being bullied over a period of time. Um, I think one of the... Um, there's sort of bullying behaviour, like at one incident, but the language can be overused in a way that makes it um, confusing for people that experience quite serious bullying. So cyberbullying then is that same definition in a um, digital environment, usually through social media. Um, I guess what um, the research is starting to say is that um, cyberbullying can be experienced by young people as more difficult because it's harder to get away from because often um, lots of young people don't turn their phones off um, or um, they're contactable through, um, you know, telephone. Um, their computers are a whole range of means and it, it, it can go. So it's sort of all the way like into their room, in their bed at night unless they choose to not have those things in bed with them. Um, so it's the sort of uh, intrusive nature of it which can make it mo- a, a much more difficult experience. So um, in regards to cyberbullying, how does it differ from normal bullying? Um, Is it much more serious? I think um, it's an interesting question and um, because the um, information, the data about um, bullying is quite difficult to uh, get fully, like methodologically, all the the, um, surveys that collect it um, use different methods, Um, it can be... Uh, underreported um, and but certainly what we've um, found from uh, information we've collated is it um, cyberbullying and bullying is one of the most significant concerns for young people and uh, the data you show um, which I've seen before um, shows that the numbers are really high. I think um, bullying historically was it was an in-person experience so um, you know being teased um left out, um, sometimes physically bullied um, and, and that occurring repetitively in like different environments, in different classes, in the playground and so on and so forth. And of course um, there'd be people listening that that would that would be relevant in the workplace as well and there's a, a workplace bullying is a, a kind of a different thing again. Um, and really the cyberbullying, it, it's just about the medium, so it's just coming through 
online mediums um, is is my understanding of the definition, yeah. Yeah. Um, in 2013, it was said that over 4,000... 4, Sorry, 450,000 Australian children were victims of cyberbullying. What's contributing to the epidemic? Is it because social media is on the rise? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting question. And I wonder, I think um, I've got um, two beautiful little girls and certainly they're given information from a very young age about bullying. So what I, one of the things I hope is that we actually, we're getting better, people are better at, letting people know um and certainly i mean my girls were taught about bullying from prep um at school i think that would be common in most australian schools um the other thing i guess is that uh social media facilitates reporting in a kind of different way like through the report button on facebook and all of the mechanisms that social media has for people to report bullying um so i think we've got better information um the uh, you know, rise of social media in people's lives um, probably means that um, uh, it's easier to do, which is a terrible way of phrasing it, but um, there's more opportunity to bully someone. As we're saying, the reverse is that people can be bullied almost 24 hours a day, seven days a week because of um, things like social media. So I, I think... Um, that there are two of the factors, and I'm I'm sure there's uh, there's other aspects. Um, again, it's not that well understood. Um, I you know hopefully um, there's probably sociocultural factors around how people relate to each other that we need to look at to make this yeah. different as well, of course. Um, but I don't know enough about the research in that space. Um, you know, hopefully the increased reporting is a good is good news, even though it makes the it look like there's a lot more of it. Yeah, and it's definitely really tough as well sometimes to report it because there's a lot of anonymous forums where you can just go on. Um, I know especially for people who are YouTubers, I know there's these gossip sites where people can kind of become like an anonymous identity mm. and kind of bully people by not even like sharing any of their own information. Yeah, and certainly it's pretty easy to set up false Facebook sites, etc. Um, so under whatever pseudonyms and um, so, you, I mean, it, it, it is if people wanted to be nasty, um, it's, you know, there's lots of ways for people to do that, which is kind of the thing we probably need to think about rather than, you know, um, why, why would someone do that and yeah. um, so on and so forth, yeah. Um, do, could you just give us a bit of an explanation about um, bullying and then harassment? Like where where's the line between those two? Yeah, I, I imagine there's probably a legal definition that's not my area of expertise. But, um, I mean, I guess in terms of um, bullying is defined as that sort of re- intentional repetitive negative behaviour, which can include aggressive behaviour, physical, verbal or social isolation, leaving out. Um, harassment is, um, I guess, in my understanding, would be a more repetitive contacting. Um, and again, you know, you hear stories, some of the people I see in private practice or um, you hear of from young people that there's, you know, texting and social media and stuff does allow that kind of repetitive contact a lot more. Um, 
you know, speaking to someone once a day used to be, you know, enough, but you wouldn't sort of do that. Um, so I think I just think about harassment as lots and lots and lots of contacting, which may be unwanted mm-hmm. and that it's important for particularly young people and young people with any mental health difficulty to feel okay about saying, hey, you know, uh, that's that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, or to be explicit about, like, it feels too much when you contact me, you know, five or six times a day or whatever. But, um, you know, once is enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the number of bullying um, online especially seems to be the largest in 10 to 15-year-olds. Why do you think that's the case and not like, say, people in, like, their 20s or their 30s or their 40s? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, I think um, it is an age, um, it's it's the beginning of sort of early adolescence, obviously. Um, there's a lot of... Um, uh, so developmentally, those young people are trying to figure out who they want to be and um, that it's a pretty difficult task. You know, I remember for myself, you people might remember your experience of that and uh, we all tend to feel pretty self-conscious want to fit in but want to individuate as well Um, and one of the ways that people seem to commonly do that is sort of by comparing themselves Um, and I guess it can um, feeling excluded is pretty terrible feeling bullied is pretty terrible so sometimes people respond to those awful experiences by excluding others or bullying others so I wonder if through that really intense emotional internal experience time people might be more likely to um, try out some of those pushing back behaviors like bullying other people excluding other people because it just feels awful when it happens to you even though neither really feels great so Rebecca just said that, you know, the largest um, portion of victims are between 10 and 15, which is so young. You know, it's such a delicate time because they're, like you said, you know, their brains are developing and they're figuring out who they are as people as well. What do we actually know about the perpetrators as such? So the bullies, are they also within that 10 to 15 age range? Yeah, it's an interesting um, question and I think less is known about um about bullies, to be honest. And I guess um, it's often not necessarily a completely discrete group of people. So commonly in clinical practice, and, and bearing in mind this is, you know, seeing young people in youth mental health services, um, you I will um, talk to people who have felt bullied and may also, you know, um, be able to recognise that sometimes they've been bullying to other people or to themselves. Um, so... Um, there are there's some research around the characteristics of bullies in some ways i i guess i think it's not necessarily that helpful to think about um that there's a particular group of people who are bullies and they're terrible and um nothing can be done about that and to think about it as a way that people relate to people to try and manage their own experience and it's clearly not ideal um and we don't want anyone to experience the other end of that. But hopefully some of the responses like ReWord um, and some of the other evidence-based responses begin to um, challenge people who engage in bullying behaviour about what it is they're doing and the effect of that on people. Yeah, so as you were saying before about ReWord, so Headspace has partnered with ReWord in support of a tool to help prevent 
online bullying. Could you just give us a little description about what Reword is and what it hopes to achieve? Yeah, sure. So um, it's something that you can download onto your phone yourself um, and um, it interacts with your uh, your social media Um I think most. I've not tried everything. I'm not. I don't use all of them myself. But um, and what it does is like a spell check. When you go on a spell check, it highlights the word. So reword um has captures any word that might be mean and puts a red line through the middle of it. Yeah. Um. So the the purpose of that is to call it out to you as the writer of that word. Is do you you know do you really want to say that? Um, and it's oversensitive as any of those word searches are. So it will pick up things and you go, it de- you know, you weren't saying anything terrible. But um, there was some um, piloting of this done in a couple of Melbourne schools. Um, and that, that very quick pilot showed that 75% of the time that line came up, um, the person changed the word. Which is pretty powerful. Yeah. That 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 little prompt of, um, you know, do you really want to be a be a mean nasty person? Kind of by the red line through the middle of it meant that people had it had it, you know, second thought about what they were saying. Yeah, and I know because before the show, actually, I downloaded it on my computer. Yeah, and it actually um, as. After I installed it, I went to try it out and I just sent a message to myself and it kind of popped up. There was a message that popped up saying, do you really want to um, make someone feel like a victim? And then there was like a link where you could press to learn more information about um, like people's stories and how bullying has affected them. And I think that like it's really amazing that there's actually like a tool now to have that um, especially now with social media on the rise. Um, so I know you were saying before about schools. Mm. Um, how is Reword being implemented in schools? Um, so there was four schools in the pilot, um, a couple of primary schools and a couple of secondary schools, and they volunteered to participate and um, uh, put it on the school computers um, and, um, and and then you know, watched kind of what happened, as I said. And so they've subsequently rolled it out in more schools than that. Um, uh, but it, it, it is something that people, you can go on to the, if you put in reword into Google and you can you can actually just, as you did, download it yourself and start yeah. to use it. Anyone can do that at home. Um, and it, it, it is, as you say, it's quite good just as a, even if you've never been mean to someone in your life which would be rare um <laughs> it's a it's a really useful thing to have a look at I agree and to read some of the stories I mean sometimes um people's experiences of being bullied are pretty um devastating to to read I don't know mm. if you had a look at any of them today yeah and I think in a way kind of their stories can also resonate with you for like your own personal experience with bullying and it kind of makes you think that and wish in a way like there was a tool like this back when um like I'm in my 20s now so back when I was at school like it's it's kind of strange um but also wonderful to see that how well um society is progressing as well that there's now like apps like this that can help people yeah absolutely um so how do you engage with people who don't believe they need the program or don't believe they are bullying yeah, it's a really good question. I, I mean, I think um, um, 
I mean, I, I wonder if it's something that parents might begin to look at putting on um, home computers, which would then, of course, it, it would mean... Um, they can't uninstall at all. Yeah. Um, would, that would be one way um, to do it. Um, but I guess... Um, there's no way to force people to kind of look at their behaviour in any way. You know, it really has to be that, um, you know, we we kind of work together as a um, group of people. And I guess what I've got in my head is the evidence around bullying um, that works is a whole of community response. So we're the pe- um, parents, teachers, sort of uh, monitoring of recess and lunchtime stuff, um, activities, all work together um, and peers. Um, and and that's really around people standing up and saying it's not okay to be um, mean to people and that doesn't feel okay and um, calling attention to it, which is what ReWord is also doing. Um, so you would sort of hope if we're if we get better as a whole community at, um, being clearer about those messages that that will encourage people to, um, you know, feel comfortable to self-monitor. Yeah. Uh, can I just ask, um, when was ReWord first introduced? Now, that is a good question and I don't actually know the answer. <laughs> I think um, I think about, I think it was finished tech development maybe about 18 months ago. Okay, So yeah. the pilot was... So really recent. Yeah, it's pretty recent, yeah. Maybe a bit longer ago than that. Sorry to interject. Can I just ask, so does it work on uh, smartphones as well as That's computers? my understanding, yeah. Yeah, I've not, I've not tried it um, on, on a variety of devices, but that's my understanding, yeah. Yeah, it definitely works on the computer. Oh, it does? Okay, <laughs> yeah. so you tried it on the computer. Yeah, I tried okay. it earlier today and it's, I found it really, like, really helpful. Like, it's just amazing. Um, so especially because ReWord is kind of new, um, what do you hope the future of ReWord would basically look like? I guess thinking about, um, I don't know what the app developers, what the ReWord developers are hoping, um, but from a Headspace perspective, I would hope that it would be integrated with the other sort of evidence-based whole of communities. Like So schools could think about how they might use it as a framing Um, Because schools kind of need, you know, good policies. They need parent engagement. They need a way to respond to bullying behaviour and they need to monitor it in in the playground and they need kids to stand up for each other. Um, And so I guess I I don't have any brilliant ideas right now about how that might work, but some way that they could kind of interact with the rest of the stuff that needs to happen. So having it implemented in schools and having... In a fuller way, yeah, yeah. I think would be fantastic. But the the victim impact statements, which is sort of what you're talking about, that it does yeah. is a nice way to do that. And I guess if it was um, stuff that they could relate to, like, um, you know, a grade four or like um, the message was this could be someone you know at your school and um, there was somehow a way that with better GPS stuff you can imagine it would easily be able to link to to that particular school therefore they should be able mm. to yeah so those kinds of linking things I think would be great. Just a little about what you were talking before um, what is the bystander effect with regards to online bullying? Yeah so the bystander effect in general um, it, it's it's a kind of old concept from psychology around um, the phenomena that um 
some terrible things can happen and people become a bit immobilised if they don't feel responsible. Um, so the research was done in Central Park in New York and something terrible happened um, and lots of people saw it through out of their apartment windows and didn't do anything because they sort of felt removed enough not to engage. Mm. Um, so... Uh, it, it, it's where people stand by and let bullying happen without intervening um, and partly I guess the view of that would be because they don't feel responsible. Um, it's that idea that, oh, someone else will say something or someone uh, yeah, else will that's exa- do something. that's exactly right. Yeah. 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 They don't want to take that ownership. Yeah. And I imagine in relation to bullying it's also the fear that the bully will turn we'll and turn then on engage on them and that's certainly... So it, I think it is different to the original notion of the bystander effect in that there's a bit of self-preservation um, that makes people mm. not stand up. But I guess you can see how if there's a whole school commitment and all the kids are going to do that, no, you can't be mean and stand up for each other, It's mu- it, it, it becomes much easier for people to stand up for themselves as well. Yeah, and definitely, and that's really important as well. Um, so what should people do for just our listeners at home? Um, what should people do if they see online bullying? I think um, th- use the reporting um, things for that, that each of the social media has. Um, uh, I don't know how many young people use those. I, I, it's a sort of a question I had coming here. Um, but I think um, we do want to encourage the reporting. It gives, it gives better information. Um, and if, if, you know, a particular Facebook person, you know, member was um, repeatedly doing it, then that would become evident. Mm. Um, I, I think it's, a, it's taking an action that fits with the bullying response. Um, and I think for peers who are seeing this stuff occur, um, again, try and um, step in uh, and not from a, if you can, not from a kind of a uh, yelling, abusing back perspective, yeah. but more to say that it's not all right, it's not okay to leave people out, it's not okay to be mean, um, that's not very nice, whatever your version of that is. My yeah. versions are always a little bit silly, <laughs> but um, um yeah, something that that's helpful. And and I think first and foremost, I would probably encourage friends, adult friends, anyone to say, to go directly to the young person, what, what would you like me to say? Yeah. Um, because that's really helpful because they feel very supported. Yeah. Um, and it may be if you don't feel capable or um, whatever to stand up to the bully yourself to say... Um, like I might want someone to say something directly to me, for example, like, hey, you know, you're awesome or whatever, um, as opposed to actually having a go at the bully because that's another way for, for for the person to feel supported. and Yeah, and it can definitely be daunting for people, especially um, within the uh, 10 to 15-year-old category to be able to tell, like, an adult that they're getting bullied online because so, I remember when I when I was like on social media when I was young like I didn't want my parents like to know what I was going through like the only people that really knew was like my friends from school and I think that bystander effect especially it's like it's important that if you see it happening like stand up 
like not in an aggressive way, but stand up and be like, like I still remember what I was told in primary school is if someone was bullying you to just say, stop it, I don't like it. Yeah. Like stuff like That's that. That's what my girls say. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, you know, um, my beautiful um, godson turned 15 yesterday and um, I think about um, the other, the reality is with you think about the 10 to 15 group um, and some, they're not meant to be on social media. They're, it's yeah. actually against the law to be on social media to you or certainly on Facebook to you 13. So you're absolutely right. Um, it's it's not easy, particularly if people are doing something that they don't want their parents to know. Mm. Um, and I guess what um, I think about, I mentioned my godson, about trying to encourage other adult relationships that you might be able to talk to someone else about I'm not saying he necessarily feels comfortable to say this stuff to me, but like yeah. I hope that he would, yeah. and I wouldn't necessarily tell um, his parents unless I was pretty concerned about him mm-hmm. if it meant that I could actually do something. Yeah. Um, so I think um, looking for other adult trusted relationships, or even not, you know, someone as old as me, but maybe you know, in their early twenties, that you could go to. I think that can be really useful. Lots of young people have someone that they do admire. Um, it, it's way harder. We know from the help seeking in headspace centres, it's much harder for young men to let anyone know what's going on than it is for young women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I think any way that that can happen, um, we need to work together to make that a bit easier yeah Yeah. and especially with working with headspace uh what are the services that are available to people who are or may know someone who is being bullied online yeah so headspace has um nearly a hundred centers open across the country um so they're in i mean in melbourne we've got reasonably good coverage although there'd be parts of the um, melbourne that you would live that there would still be a bit of travel involved Mm. and most of the centers um we, we are um, – the centres are really busy, so sometimes people do have to wait and, the you know, we're really sorry about that um, it's because it is lots of young people are struggling with things. But please be patient because, it, it you, you know, you can get really good help. Um, and it's okay to contact a centre. Um, it's not – you know, you don't have to have um, a diagnosed mental health problem or anything – really clear you can be experiencing bullying and not feeling that great and that's okay we want to we want young people to feel comfortable to go and reach out for help as soon as they possibly can as soon as they notice or feel just not great and um we also have a national online and telephone service called eheadspace um and sometimes that's um a really good uh, testing ground for um, people. I think go and have a look at the Headspace website and the Reword website because um, sometimes if you're, uh, you know, you're worried that maybe you are being bullied, um, a bit of information might help you sort it out for yourself. You might not need to go to a service. So always start with information, talking to um, trusted friends, trusted adults, and um, then if you're not, if you're still not travelling that well and it's still going on, um, then certainly reaching out to an online or telephone service or an in-person service. If people are getting um, physically 
bullied then you know if you're unsafe then you absolutely need to let someone know as soon as possible I guess that that would be for me I would really want young people to feel like they could do that just to finish off Vicky what's the if people want to download um, the reword uh, app or get it on their computers um, what's the website that people can check out this is a very long introduction (laughs) while I'm desperately looking for it um if you um, uh, type into Google, type into Google, <laughs> type you may or may not find it. Um, uh, reword.it, I've got. Yep, reword.it. Yeah. Um, and people can find it in the App Store as well if they'd like to download the app. Um, that's all we've got time for today. Um, thank you so much, Vicky, for coming for on the show me. and talking to us about cyberbullying and the anti-bullying tool Reword. Uh, you can download podcasts of our show at 3cr.org.au and on brainwaves.org.au. Stay tuned for Renegade Economist. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.